Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. If you live in the United States, you might have never seen a bobcat in the wild, but that doesn't mean they're not there, and it doesn't mean there's not a bobcat sighting in your future. Bobcats, taxonomical name Lynx rufus, are doing great. Thanks for asking. These days, they're pretty common and can be found in almost every state in the lower 48, as well as throughout most of Mexico and parts of Canada. They look a bit like a domestic house cat, so much so that people have accidentally rescued bobcat kittens from the side of the road, except that adult bobcats grow to be as big as a mid-sized dog and are a far sight less friendly. With a sleek brown spotted coat, a short tail, and tufted ears, you would never mistake a grown bobcat for a pet, but you might mistake it for a Canadian lynx, uh, that's lynx canadensis. In North America, the difference between a bobcat and a lynx has a bit to do with the size of the feet, the color of the coat, and the length of the ear tufts. Lynx, however, live in northern latitudes and high elevations, and bobcats can be found almost anywhere. Deserts, wetlands, forests, you name it. Also, bobcats have notoriously assertive personalities. According to the San Diego Zoo, they're referred to by zookeepers as the spitfires of the animal kingdom for their unwillingness to back down from a kill and just general audacity. A full-grown bobcat is only about 33 pounds, that's 15 kilos, but is able to bring down a 250-pound deer by itself, that's about 110 kilos. Not only are bobcats tenacious, they're also resilient and adaptable to land use change. We spoke with John Litvatis, Emeritus Professor in the Department of Natural Resources and the Environment at the University of New Hampshire. According to Litvatis' research, bounty records from New Hampshire from the early 1800s to today show that as old-growth trees were cleared for agriculture and timber, replaced in many places with bushy young forests, bobcat numbers skyrocketed. Their favorite foods, rabbits, deer, grouse, and basically anything else that likes to live in a scrubby, impenetrable thicket, were well-supported by a young forest. But as the forests aged into old ones that didn't harbor as many rabbits, and as coyotes, which compete with bobcats, were introduced to New Hampshire, and as bobcat furs became popular in the mid-20th century, numbers plummeted. These factors, accompanied by some particularly harsh winters in New Hampshire in the 1970s and 80s, resulted in the bobcat population tanking. By 1989, the population in this state where they had once flourished was most likely fewer than 150 animals. A similar trend could be seen all over the United States. But then the state started protecting bobcats by putting strict limits on how many could be hunted or trapped. With less human intervention, bobcats are doing much better. Litvatis said, Bobcat populations are increasing now throughout much of their geographic range. I'm amazed at the abilities they have to adapt to a demanding and changing environment because, unlike coyotes and foxes, bobcats are strict carnivores, so their diet places substantial challenges to acclimating to suburban and urban life. In New Hampshire, bobcat numbers were estimated to be around 1,400 in 2013 and are even higher today. So how do they manage maintaining a strict carnivore's diet while living catch-as-catch-can in human-centered landscapes? They work smarter, not harder, preying on our backyard chickens and other animals that do well hanging out around people. Litveda said, In the Northeast, staying close to a bird feeder during winter seems to help bobcats snag unsuspecting squirrels and thus get through the toughest time of the year. Of course, cohabiting with humans isn't always great for either the bobcat or the humans, the cats are more likely to be hit by cars or have unpleasant run-ins with humans if they're lounging around in someone's backyard waiting for a turkey or chipmunk to wander through. 
Should you encounter a bobcat, the best advice is to give it as much respect and space as possible. Similarly, a small dog or house cat might be targeted by a bobcat as a potential meal, and domestic cats are susceptible to a tick-borne disease called bobcat fever, for which bobcats are the natural host. In the meantime, bobcats are doing so well that some states, like Illinois, have passed laws reinstating bobcat hunting and trapping season for the first time in 40 years. But now the question is, how do we maintain a good relationship with bobcat neighbors? It's tricky, but public education about how to safely cohabitate with bobcats will help. Mostly, as we said, leave them alone, don't feed them, and keep an eye on children and animals if you've spotted one in the neighborhood. Also, like any house cat, they'll take the hint that they're not welcome if you spray them with water. Levatus said, I'm happy they're thriving. For me, they symbolize the wild portrait of nature, and I'm glad they're doing well. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other catty topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.